welcome back to the podcast. I am Pamela Hinkle, and this is Purpose by Design. And today you are so blessed because you are going to hear from Jim Hockaday of Jim Hockaday Ministries. And he is so busy in this time sharing his message of hope all over. God just keeps his schedule full, his calendar booked, but he was able to make time to be on the podcast. So I know that if God made time to put you on the podcast today, Jim, that there is a message for the people that are listening. And I know it is going to be awesome. So I want to thank all of you for being here to listen. And I want to thank you, Jim, for being with us today. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about you and your ministry. Well, Pamela, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I know that your, your work for the Lord to get voices over the internet and through the radio and and other means is so important in the day we live. People right now are really confused and shut in in their homes and they're looking for avenues of hope and healing and blessing. And so to have your voice out there is really important. So thank you for allowing me to come on uh, your podcast today. So my name is Jim Hockaday and uh, just real briefly born and raised near Niagara Falls, New York, actually Lewiston, which is right up there next to uh, Lake Ontario. Uh, the Niagara River area, a real beautiful place, a great place to grow up. Um, I went to Wheaton College uh, back in, well, I graduated back in 83, 1983, and um, majored in business. And so I uh, really haven't used that too much as the Lord called me into the ministry. But, you know, that's uh, probably pretty consistent with most people that have gone to college. They probably got out and did other things. Mm -hmm. um, and very interestingly, grew up in a beautiful Baptist home. And so had, you know, a good, strong teaching and mentoring all my life about witnessing and sharing the gospel. In fact, um, many times I would come downstairs and see my parents who had invited guests over to the home, all on their knees, leading people, mm -hmm. leading couples to the Lord. Beautiful. So that was a real inspiration as a child. And so, you know, that kind of stuck with me, Pamela. It's interesting. You know, you think back to childhood days, but there's a lot that happens in a childhood, especially if someone comes to know the Lord, those things stay with you all your life. And, and I never really uh, varied from the Lord being Savior and uh, to be a, an actual close friend. Uh, turn of events took place and I began to travel after college with some different groups singing and uh, ministering and trying to find my way as far as what was really in my heart to do and ended up at uh, Rama Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Those were back in the days when Kenneth E. Hagan, uh, the founder was still alive and uh, didn't take long and I had uh, been privileged to travel with him and the Rama Singers and Band, the music group there. And I did that for seven years so then you know, that alone uh, just really began to shape and mark my life. Uh, my wife and I, Erin, uh, she was a graduate as well. She began to travel with us as well and sing for a couple of years. So those were some of the great years. In fact, Pamela, you mentioned, you know, the busy schedule right now. And, and we're at a place where our children, you know, are all out of the house. Uh, of course, one leaves and another one comes back. It's kind of funny, you know. Oh, yes. But anyhow with them being gone my wife and i are back in those days which is really fun for us where she's able to travel with me again and and so those were special times 
And uh, after those seven years of traveling with Brother Hagen, um, I came off the road and then began to do what's called the Prayer and Healing Center back at the Rama Ministry there in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And that was just a real intense place, to be real honest with you. What a place to learn and grow. Um, I, I share this with people, you know, because maybe they think that the things that I'm seeing now were things that we always saw. And I have to say, no, that's not necessarily the case. Um, we had some differences of opinion, myself versus the majority of the other teachers that were at the ministry. Uh, because they were of the opinion that everything is a gift. Everything operates. If you get a healing or a miracle that's instant, it has to be a gift or a gift of the Spirit. And that's actually something that I have somewhat contested quite a bit throughout my entire ministry, because um, if it was a gift, Pamela, the first three months, we buried almost everybody. I mean, there were about four people that I know of that were healed during those first three months. And we had no idea how they got healed. So again, you can't duplicate that. So it's not going in a good direction. And I learned later, a couple months later, that that was kind of the direction that it had been going for many, many years, where people weren't healed in the services. They were just encouraged to keep their faith strong and leave. And of course, we know that there are some that can receive that way. But the majority of people don't because they go back into their hostile environment where maybe family and friends or their church is not necessarily for them or feeding them things like, you know, you just look worse today. You know, I just don't know why you don't go to the doctor. We just don't understand this. And they'll plead with them, not realizing that they're actually pulling them away from what their heart's endeavoring to connect with. And so if we're sending everybody back, the same with the same feelings the same sicknesses and just encourage them to believe more usually you don't see a lot of change that way so god began to share with me and download things in me that began to make the real change and as a result uh, we began to see miracle after miracle after miracle which was just tremendous and things completely turned around so you could say it like this when God changed me, that's when everything changed with healing school. So it wasn't a gift. It was a revelation. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that God hasn't gifted me and, and, and the Holy Spirit doesn't work through me with signs and wonders. But it is to say that anybody can have a revelation of the life and the tangibility of the Holy Spirit and their commission to lay hands on the sick and see them recover and see healings take place wherever you go. You don't have to be a five-fold ministry. You don't have to wait as though you're twiddling your thumbs for the Holy Spirit to give you something, <clears throat> excuse me, give you something extra that you don't have. You can release that wonderful life and presence of Jesus. So that began to take place. And Pamela, for the next 10 years, I ministered about 550 times a year. I mean, I was meeting myself coming and going. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it wasn't so much how much I knew that made so much happen. It really came down to I was doing it so much that I began to stumble over things. Mm. And so from one experience to the next, you begin to build a confidence. 
it's like working any job. It's like someone that's a technician. It's like someone that's a mechanic. Uh, it's, it's like even going into the kitchen for your first time and learning how to cook. And it just didn't turn out perfectly well. I remember as a kid, I was making these amazing biscuits that you rolled in butter and cinnamon and sugar. And they were like my favorites at the time. And I followed the directions as well as I could. And, and I was all by myself and I had them all sitting on a plate and they looked perfect, you know, and I couldn't wait to eat them, you know, and, 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 and I, I bit into them and I just thought, no, something's not right. But I mean, I liked them so much. I kept eating after about two or three of them. I figured out that I had put baking soda instead of baking powder. It really does make a difference. So <clears throat> as <clears throat> inexperienced, excuse me, <clears throat> as inexperienced as I was in cooking, uh, if I were to make those again, I promise you, you would really like them. So like anything else that we do, you become proficient in the things of the spirit. Paul made a comment over in Hebrews chapter five about not being unskilled in the word of righteousness. Mm, okay. So what does that seem to implicate, but that we can be unskilled. And he called someone unskilled like a babe still needing milk instead of you're now grown you actually need solid food so that kind of uh, i know i'm taking some time here but i think it's important because people need to realize that yes. anyone today motivated to have a living connection with jesus that just means ongoing consistent not you know four months from now i'll go to the christmas you know um, spectacular praise the Lord that's my one deed for the year well it, it just goes to serve anything that you're up on is what you're going to be more proficient in anything that you're down on is what you'll probably have difficulty connecting to and that pretty much describes how people think about Christianity and you know I'll stop here in just a second but I might as well finish that thought you know, modern day Christianity pretty well is connected to the idea that God is in a building at 1030 on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And as a result of that, then their relationship suffers because they don't take advantage of the multitude of opportunities where God is actually involved in their life, but they don't recognize it. And that's one of the saddest things to God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, is that they're actually personally present helping and wanting to create an amazing, tangible connection. But the individual doesn't recognize or acknowledge their existence and therefore goes without their help. That's very, very sad. As sad as a parent who's trying to help a child and the child won't recognize their help and ends up suffering needlessly because the parent is right there. Or a husband and wife that struggle after, you know, they have their relationship, they end up getting married, and now things turn south very quickly because they stop acknowledging the small little things that are meaningful to the connection growing and developing every day. So that took a long time to get there, Pamela, to tell about where I'm at. But we're traveling now, my wife and I, have been for some time. Uh, the ministry is doing really well, and yet I'll interject this thought. The reason why God sent us two years ago to Colorado from Tulsa, where we had been for 33 years, is so that we would start a healing center. And we're going to be doing that soon. 
and up on our website, there'll be information coming soon as to um, when people can expect that to happen. But that's what the Lord has instructed us to do. We have a tremendous vision for that. It would take a lot of time to share it. I will share one thing that I think would be very interesting to the people listening. When we start the healing center, we're also going to have an adjacent um, laboratory that's also started. Now the laboratory will exist on its own. In other words, it'll, it'll of course attract a um, multitude of people that will come because our costs for MRIs and CAT scans and ultrasounds and x-rays and then blood work will be extremely low compared to the medical centers that are around. But the reason why we're starting it is because it will allow us to take everyone that's healed over to the laboratory, get the uh, MRI, get the x-rays, uh, get the lab work done, and we will be affiliated with a whole group of doctors that will actually be the ones that will diagnose and validate that the tumor's gone, the cancer's no longer there, uh, cystic fibrosis has just left. Yes, the eye indeed is healed, the ear now is working, and we will validate this because in the day we live, the world has to see the validation. I have, even on my phone, even as you shared with me earlier about one of your children's amazing and wonderful healings that took place, where the feet actually changed direction as they needed to and became perfectly whole. What a tremendous thing, not only to see and witness, but then to have the evidence. Mm -hmm. And I have evidence, even on my phone, of about a five-year-old uh, Down syndrome boy that we laid hands on and his parents sent me the picture of what he looks like now and he's completely healed He looks exactly like his mother and the difference as you see them up one to the next is like you're looking at two different people and That's something that the doctors say he can go back into his normal school grade because he's normal and they have no explanation for it at all the more we validate the wonderful power and resurrection of Christ and let people know that Jesus is a loving God. He is not what most religions are doing, which is browbeating the sinner again. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. loves people. He, he, he actually believes that none of us have ever been sinners. That's what the blood of Jesus did so that God could lovingly reach out and touch everyone. He just needs people to see that he's alive he loves them. He's interactive. He is very much involved in our lives. And I believe that there can be a great revival in the land today. So that's really what's going on in our ministry. It took some time, Pamela, but uh, I think it was worth it for people to be able to see yes. a progression of not only my faith walk, so that what I believe and the revelation that God has given me, which is nothing more than what's in the Bible, is works with the gifts and the callings of God. They yeah. don't have to be separate. That is powerful. You know, the MRI and the blood work, that laboratory, I'm sitting here thinking, this is usually the way this goes. Go see a doctor. They send you to an MRI. Yes. Then you go back and see your doctor and they tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> and then yep. go see a specialist. Here, you guys are using it not to tell people what's wrong with them, but to tell them what God has done. Oh, what's right yes. with them. What's right with them. Yes, the total opposite yeah. of what is happening out there. 
what a positive use for this technology. Not to say that we don't need to use it for those other diagnostic means, but what a positive way to use it to, like you said, to show what God has done, to put it like a mirror up in front of yeah, us. Yeah, it's perfect. Before and after picture, and then to be able to encourage people with that. I wrote down here, Jim, that you talked about healing, not as a gift, but as a revelation, and that you caught that revelation. Man, that is something I'd love to camp on with you for a few minutes, if you wouldn't sure. mind talking sure. about that revelation, because I think that that is something that people struggle with. You know, if it's a gift, if it's part of the covenant, how come I didn't receive this? How come right. my, my family member, this or that? And I want that revelation. How do I get what Jim has? If I don't have to go to a healing center, it's good to go. But how do I get that just everyday person? I shared with you, we have a, a, a friend of the family that is right now in the hospital and um, right. diagnosed positive with COVID and his, and his body is, is fighting. So, you know, I'm sending him encouragement, praying for him, was standing outside the ambulance, talking to him, talking faith to him. But in a general sense, how do people catch that revelation? And, and what, what does that mean? to have a revelation of God's healing power. Can you break well, that down for us a I little? I can. Yes, that's a great question, Pamela. And um, I, I know our time won't do justice, but I can throw out some ideas yeah. that, that everyone has to work. Now, these are things you have to work with. For instance, uh, why would you memorize Betty Crocker's cookbook if you don't cook? <laughs> why, why would you buy a car a brand new one, have it sitting in the garage and walk to work memorizing the instruction manual. See, these kind of things don't make sense, but they do speak very highly to the religion that has become the mainstay of most people's ideas about God. They've attached themselves so, so much to the Bible that they don't realize that the Bible is there as an instruction manual so that they can have a relationship with a very living, very personal, very tangible God. And when we lose sight of that, we get out of balance. Now, I know people, you know, would rise up and say, well, wait a minute, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The Word and God are one. Well, they are in so much as what I say is what I mean, and you can bank on what I say. And if I tell you, you can believe that Jesus died, rose again, uh, ascended on high, secured salvation and healing and deliverance and safety and soundness and all the other wonderful privileges of our salvation. And if you'll believe that, you can walk in that. There's a truth to that, and certainly you can. But you would miss the idea, and this is one of the areas I think that has really gone askew, and that is that we would seek to have the blessing and the benefit without actually enjoying the benefactor. You know, that we would want the healing without enjoying the healing. And people that want the healing usually get sick again. People that enjoy the healer never have to worry about sickness. See, the connection isn't to the, the benefit. The connection is to the person. And then you benefit from him. For instance, I didn't marry a love letter just because my wife's words in a letter meant something to me. In fact, the very fact that she said some things that meant something to me made me all the more want to spend more time with her. Yes. So the living connection with God is three things. It's time, tangibility, and shared experiences. 
And this is something that I think is really um, necessary right now for people to climb out of their religious, whatever you want to call them, potholes or, you know, uh, um, anyhow. I mean, people are stuck, Pamela, all over the world saying, you know, I'm, I'm saying it, I'm saying it, I'm saying it. What else do I have to do? I'm saying it all day long. I'm speaking the word. Well, we'll stop speaking the word. Stop saying it for a moment. Go out to a park or to a happy place where, where the nature is beautiful, where it represents the God that made that nature, and try to get quiet for a couple of hours and let God speak to your heart about what you're saying. That's good. All of a sudden, then you have what? Continuity yes. between what you know to be true and the God who's real that abides in your heart. I mean, what, what's the benefit of having him living in our spirit if we're not communing with him out of our spirit? Do you know, when Jesus made the comment and said, it's to your advantage that I go away. I don't see any advantage to the church right now that Jesus went away. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, let's, straight, let's just straight up talk about yeah. this. Yeah. What advantage do you have? Seems like the disciples had a whole lot more advantage when Jesus was walking on the earth. Seems like more people were being instantaneously healed and God was being seen for the God that he is. Yeah. Well, brother, I'm believing for healing. How long have you been believing? Well, for four years. Well, you look almost dead. Well, I'm not getting any better. Well, something's wrong. That's not the God we serve. Yeah. Jesus showed people you were either instantly healed or from that very moment you were, you were immediately changed. In fact, the longest manifestation in the life of Jesus was three days, and that was getting out of the grave. Right. Right? See, yeah. we've twisted this thing into this longevity thing. It doesn't mean someone can be healed over the course of three or four months. Of course they can. But if you found out you didn't have to wait that long, would you wait three or four months? No. <laughs> well, of course not. See, right. so, so we've got to get back to this, this tangible fellowship with God. Every day I live where I'm, I'm with my wife or in connection to my wife, I have a testimony. You could ask me, can you testify today about your, your relationship with Aaron? And I can say I can. This morning we came, we, we checked out of the hotel and I carried her bags out of the room and together we went down to the car and I, I packed everything and we got in the car and she was very helpful with some of the things that she said to me as we were coming to, the, to um, um, our daughter's house. And when we got out of the car, she asked me to make sure that I could bring in one of her bags, and I did. And see, I'm testifying to what? Yes. I'm testifying to time and tangibility. And God is that person. If we give him our time, we should then experience his tangibility, which means what? He's going to talk to you, and he's going to show himself to you. At least Adam and Eve had this as sinners. Wow. So wow. if we're sons of God raised up to sit in heavenly places with almighty God and the Holy Ghost has come to live in us, don't you think we ought to have at least what sinners did? Yeah. I'll go one step further. Cain and Abel had this as sinners. Hmm. Cain recognized God's presence and his voice. And God was trying to lead him out of murdering his brother. Right said sin is at the door, but you should rule it. The word rule means dominion. The same word God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. He gave him dominion. Yes. Even Cain, not even saved, broken in fellowship with God, having a sinful nature, still had dominion over the devil. Wow. See, you know, th this whole thing really blossomed in me 
when God began to change my viewpoint, those first three months, we were just preaching the message of recovery. Y'all just believe and you're going to recover. Well, we hardly saw anybody recover. Like I said, we had four people healed. I had no idea how they got healed. <laughs> you, know, so you, you can't duplicate that. So you're still what? You're still it. You're still, if you will, almost behind the eight ball. You're not making any progress. Mm -hmm. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards. Well, everything changed, Pamela, when I got on my face and I said, Jesus, Father, I'm the problem. I can't blame the people. They're sheep. Sheep need a shepherd to lead them to the still clear waters until the beautiful pasture. And I said, if you'll change me, we'll change healing school. Now, I didn't know that that was a good prayer, but that was a great prayer. Yes. I just was desperate and I recognized that we were blaming the people and it was really our fault. Pamela, people have asked me over the years, not like I'm anything special and not like I'm not still growing and contending for more myself because I am. But they'll ask me, what's the secret to your success thus far? And I don't hesitate. I always tell them immediately. I know what it is. You have to be willing to be wrong. That's good. There are three things that are necessary for a person to move forward with God. Number one, you've got to be willing to be wrong in order to be right. Mm. Number two, you have to be willing to lose something in order to actually gain it. Yes. And number, number three, you have to be willing to die in order to find out what it's like to live. Anything less and you will compromise. And your compromise will alleviate the grace of God. God's grace is there for the humble, not for the proud. Yes. There for those that will reach out and say, I need more, not for those that think they already have it. And so when I humbled myself, God immediately began to download into me the message of, and it came from reading John Lake. You were, you were, we were talking earlier about maybe there might be some material. You know, I'd encourage anybody, get a hold of anything that comes from uh, John Lake, the Copeland ministry put out a wonderful book that has a lot of his sermons. There are some other books from Christ for the nation that have John G. Lake, but that man had a revelation. He ministered out of the revelation. Absolutely. He would say, people would come to him and say things like, well, well, you know, Reverend Lake, I don't know if I have faith for that. And he would say, well, praise the Lord. I've got faith for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, John Lake would make the comment, if I needed the gifts of the Spirit, that meant I failed and God had to bail me out. Now think about that, Pamela. Today, where people are just hungering for the gifts as though if I don't have a gift, I can't help you. No, you have the gift of eternal life. Yeah. What is that eternal life? It is the life and nature and quality of God's DNA inside of your body. It's your spirit being made 100% God so that the Holy Ghost could come and live inside. Today, we've got people making people feel so bad about their lives. Listen, I know there's rampant sin, but you don't get rid of sin by making people more mindful of it. You get rid of sin by making people mindful of the fact that they're holy. You say, well, wait a minute. The church needs to get holy. No, I'm sorry. The church is holy. They may not be looking like they're holy, but you can't have the Holy Spirit come inside of a dirty spirit. Mm. Yep. It's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's not the Dirty Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. I mean, yes. it's God saw that your spirit was completely transformed into the very likeness of himself so that God could one-up the last creation. Do you know, Jesus didn't come, Pamela, as the, the second Adam. 
that would indicate that God was actually okay with the Adams family, and he wasn't. Mm -hmm. The Adams family went really south very quick, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And, and he wasn't going to keep the Adams family alive. He was going to bury it in hell and come out with a brand new family. That's why Jesus was the last of the Adams. Right. That's and when he went to hell, he came out as the resurrected and glorified Christ that as many as would receive him, to them he gives power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Yes. And the scripture goes on to say, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man. In other words, the first thing John said, inspiration by the Holy Ghost was to tell you when you're born again, what you are no longer. Because your mind still thinks about human blood, the will of the flesh, the will of man. But no, it says you are born of God. Everything about you is now God-like. And this is what God began to do. He began to share with me that you're a God man. In other words, when you go into that place to minister on healing, don't just talk about it. Heal the sick. You set them free. Do you know over there in Matthew 10, Jesus commissioned his disciples by saying, I give unto you power over all unclean spirits and, and cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Remember that? Yes. Well, in the sixth and seventh verse, he clarified it by saying, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. Now let's do something to that verse. Let's add in the power. Heal the sick with this power. Cleanse the leper with this power. Raise the dead with this power. Freely you've been given this power. Freely give away this power. Now Jesus didn't say this power is the gifts of the Spirit. This power works with the prophet. This power works with the evangelist. In fact, do you remember Jesus ever talking about the apostle, the prophet, except to say a prophet is without honor his own country? But did he talk about the five-fold ministry? And the answer is no. Who did that? Paul did that. Where did he do that? Over in Ephesians. Did Jesus talk to the disciples to say, I give unto you power, but there's times when the Holy Spirit will give you a gift. And you need to wait on that. No, he never said that either. Uh -huh. Who talked about that? Paul did over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14. So what are we talking about? It seems like Jesus just made his disciples anointing conscious. In other words, what Peter said to the man at the temple, such as I have, I'm getting ready to give it to you. And it's obvious that Peter believed he had it because he didn't wait on the man to say, oh my goodness, I think I can walk. He reached down and grabbed him and began to pull him up knowing that he could walk. If we actually were very mindful of what it is that God has given us, and we knew that it was sufficient to meet the demand of whatever crisis came before us, we would then act in a manner as though we had the answer. Pamela, I'll share one quick story for your, 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 uh, those that are following. I think they'll enjoy this. A good friend of mine, his name was Buzzy Sutherland. He went on to be with the Lord, but he, was, he, he knew I, I messed with him. He messed with me because I'm from New York. He'd call me a Yankee. You know, I don't know anything, you know. And uh, he'd say, I'm talking fat back in collard green. And you're listening Yankee. He said, that's why you don't get it. 
But anyhow, he said, when I was in the ninth grade, they tried to teach me the algebra. I thought that was hilarious that he even called it the algebra. He <laughs> said, they tried to tell me X and Y equaled certain values, you know, numerical values. And he said, um, he said, on my final exam, the teacher gave us all this question, X plus Y equals 49, figure out what X and Y is. He said, I got so happy, I walked right up to the teacher's desk, put that, put that question right back down on her desk and said, if I've got the 49, what do I care what X and Y is? And you know, the real truth of the matter is, if we've got Jesus, if we've got the answer, if you believe what you possess is what will actually set someone free, you don't care what the problem is. You don't magnify its cancer. You don't magnify its multiple sclerosis. You don't magnify that I've got a blind eye or there's glaucoma in my eye. You don't magnify that the doctors say my blood is thin, too thin, it can't, it's, it's, it's not clotting like it should. You don't magnify any of that. What you magnify is I've got the 49. Yes. I've got the answer. And when God began to share with those kind of thoughts with me, that's when everything in healing school began to turn around because the people were hearing a message now that went beyond it's back. The onus is back on me to try to believe something over into my God, Jesus, the healer is here. And when that man touches me, something's going to happen. And all of a sudden it broke loose and miracles happen in that room. And you know what, Pamela, so many of the miracles happened before I could even get to the people. Think about that. That's amazing. It changed the whole ambiance of yeah. healing school until people couldn't wait just to get there and people were getting healed in their seats while they were listening. To me, that's amazing. It is amazing. And what I'm hearing you say is knocking down all these religious pillars of you have to be good enough, you have to have this gift, you have to behave a certain way. I'm not knocking, you know, holy living, but what I'm hearing you say is it's about your relationship with God. It's yeah, your, holy living comes out of that relationship, right, Pamela? Right, it does. Yeah. Holy living comes out of that, but everything that you're saying here is saying that for anybody that's listening, they have within them, if they have Christ, they have within them what you have within you. And it's a matter of letting God speak to you, direct you. And I liked what you said, becoming anointing conscious. That was yeah. so powerful to be conscious of the power of God within you. Yeah. And yeah. you said being alone with God and getting away with him. And so that means more than just taking your Bible and just reading it. It does. Because you could just sit down and be theological and read it and memorize it. This is yeah. about that living, tangible relationship. You talked about time, tangibility, and experience with your wife. Yes. Yeah. And I thought, what a great thing for each of us to ask ourselves at the end of the day, to actually ask ourselves to give a testimony of the time and tangibility and experience that we had with our Lord today. To journal about it, to have somebody else that you talked to about it, and that the more real that relationship becomes yes. in our heart, right? The more yes. real it is, then we are going to be in a place where, like you said, we're not going to glorify symptoms or diagnosis. We're not going to care about X plus Y. We're not going to care about the problem. We're going to be looking at the answer. 
Yeah, well, even as we're talking today, think about what would happen if all of a sudden I just began to ignore you and you're saying, Jim, 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 are you there? Um, did you, is, are you okay? Did everything? Because the moment I begin to ignore you, it breaks the fellowship. It breaks the connection. And, you know, people, if I think we have so many religious concepts mm -hmm. that get in the way of something that should be so simple and very normal. Yeah. Because people may be thinking, well, I want to recognize God all day. I just don't know where to start. And that's where I would tell you. But everything about what God made has the essence of God inside of it. Yes. Just like, for instance, we as human beings, we're filled with the essence of God. I mean, you can't really be a scientist and, and try to discover the, the, the amazing amounts of particles in the earth, uh, the DNA strands that are in our body and how, how many millions and millions and millions and millions of cells are in each strand and, and, and go on and on and on and talk about, you know, nature and, and the air and the molecules and how the sun is the perfect distance away from the earth so that we don't melt and so that we don't freeze. And the solar right. system evolves in the perfect way and manner for this earth to continue to have such life in it. I mean, you can't go down those trails. And it's just like going over to Job when, when Job was kind of messing up, listening to his friends and kind right. of being a little mouthy. And all of a sudden God showed up in a tornado, a whirlwind yes. and, and, and blew his hair back, you know, and, and said, Job, um, you're going to stand there and I'm as a man and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to answer me. I mean, that sounds like I'm ready to fight. And now for three chapters, Job 38, 39 and 40, God literally says, where were you when I hung the Pallades and the stars in the sky? Where were you? Do you know that there's a vault that holds hail for the time of war? Do you know what the Leviathan looks like and how I created him? Mm -hmm. And what is God doing? He's showing you that he, he actually put himself inside of everything that he made. And it's fearfully and wonderfully made. So to everyone listening, take a moment to look around. Like Jesus said in Matthew 6, have you noticed the flowers lately? Have you, have you noticed, you know, the, the birds? They're not worrying. They're not concerned. And yet they're being taken care of by me. How much more are you? And the Message Bible says, what I'm trying to get you to do is to stop worrying let go of all the things you're trying to hold on to so that you have hands that are ready to receive what I'm giving you. Mm -hmm. Steep yourself into God reality, God provision, and God insight. Yes. You know, we're missing through just looking at the squirrel that can find the nuts that he buries, and you can't find your keys. You're missing the opportunity to say, look, Lord, you've given him the ability like, like a Geiger counter, like a GPS to find his way back to the nuts that he's buried possibly last year and he can still find them. Lord, I thank you that you take care of me. And you start mm -hmm. to make a connection with the simplest things that are around you. And all of a sudden, it's like the world opens up. Pamela, real quickly, I know our time is going, but do you remember years ago they used to have those pictures that were a conglomeration of shapes? But if you looked yes. at them long enough, you could get into the picture and see things? Yes. There is a world around us called the spirit that you can see and experience. 
but people don't take the time with the world that they can see. So how are they going to find the one they can't see? Today, we can't even look people in the eye any longer. We have to text them or message them or inbox them because we've lost the ability to communicate one with another. Right. If you can't communicate with people you can see, how can you communicate with someone you can't? Mm -hmm. Everything about the world and the way that it spins will take you away from the most natural and normal spiritual relationship with your Heavenly Father where you can hear Him say one thing to your heart and it literally triggers faith inside of you to master the world. Yeah. One word from God changes everything. And He'll speak a whole lot more than one, won't He? Absolutely. Yes, He you know, will. As you were saying that, uh, being outside and taking time to see the essence of God and everything. It was, uh, it was inside of my heart, like a bumper sticker that said, see God, you know, yes. see God, stop seeing everything else and see God. And as you talked about Job, I thought, you know, God was really dismantling his stinking thinking and we yeah. all deal with that. Right. And he was dismantling it and taking it down. And I feel that's in a way that's what God is doing today through you, he's, he's asking us to allow him to dismantle that stinking thinking and, and blow it away uh, to dismantle religious teaching that has been, you know, that's just been religious, but to get rid of that stinking thinking that gets stuck, that, that, that physical carnal logic that is so, God so far beyond all of that and to see God and how easy it is to see God even in technology, you know, I'm holding my phone here and you were talking about that. Even in technology, years ago, we didn't have iPhones that we could do what we're doing right now, you know? Right. There is the ability to see God. Um, I just had one more question that I was going to yes. ask you after that, if you had anything else that you wanted to share. Okay. Um, but you had mentioned earlier, I wrote it down and I thought, oh, I want to come back and hit on that. Um, that God didn't see even, he didn't see sinners because he could reach down through the blood and see through the blood and grab people through the blood. Boy, I think that is something people need to know because people have made mistakes. Maybe they were with God. They walked away. They don't feel, uh, they just feel unworthy or people that don't know God that think he's judging them. And you put that so eloquently and beautifully that if people have been hurt by others in the quote church or in religious circles or just feel condemned that when God is looking at them, he is not sitting up there with the proverbial gavel about yeah, to right. drop it down. And I just thought, you know, I would ask you to maybe share a little bit just on your heart for that person that would be listening today that's thinking, yeah, that, that's, that's me. I'm just, I'm, I am a sinner, man. I'm messed up or I turned away from God. What do you have to say to them? Well, first of all, anybody that's ever sinned, okay, I guess that includes all of us. Yes. Um, <laughs> knows that the path of sin, and when I say the path of sin, I'm not talking about I messed up, you know, and it, it's right. not, it's, it was very uncharacteristic of me to, to say that, but an area of weakness where you find yourself there over and over again. Well, anybody that's ever been there, and all of us have, know that there's no freedom in that. Right. You feel bound, you feel like, 
I can't believe I'm doing this again. Your heart breaks. Yeah. And it's possible you've done things so many times you don't even feel bad anymore. Well, that's not freedom. That's actually bondage. Now you're actually being almost like a pig with a, a ring in its nose. You're being led astray and you're following a different master. Mm. Well, the, the beauty of God's grace is to bring you out of the feeling of condemnation and shame and guilt so that you can once again be embraced by your father. Yes. It, it's, it's, I, I just read a sign right down the road. It says, it's talking about dads. It says, no dad in the home, children are in poverty. It says, it's mm -hmm. given a statistic. Yeah. No dad in the home, children are in poverty. Well, why would children be in poverty if there was no dad in the home? Because the dad in the home has so much to do with the perspective of the child to be successful in life. Mm -hmm. Mom in the home brings about those beautiful characteristics within the child's life of being able to work with people. Dad in the home brings a sense of the ability to conquer anything. This is my dream, Dad. What am I going to do? You can do anything that you set your heart on. Really? Yes, you can, honey. I believe in you. And that person will do it. Well, think about this. When people feel like their dad is estranged to them because they're in sin, what happens to them? They're, they immediately begin to have a sense of incompleteness. And they're not able to function dysfunctional in the earth. Yes. So by God's grace, and this is God's design, and this is one of the pillars, Pamela, that people have to get a hold of. And I'm sorry, but for all the idiocy of religion and religious teachers out there that are trying to come against the idea that God has not forgiven all of our sin. He mm -hmm. forgives the sin that you confess. That is ridiculous. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself for not seeing the truth that all means all. Yes. Besides, think about this logically. If Jesus 2,000 years ago did the work at Calvary, isn't every one of our sins forgiven a futuristic sin? And the answer is, of course it is, you know? So it's a pillar in the church that you realize he forgave every one of your sins, past, present, and future. This isn't a license to sin. It is the ability of a child to be embraced by their father and experience his love. And that love is what will empower you to live a successful life, not only in this world, but spiritually successful. This is such an important truth. It is it is, in a sense, the genesis of a person's experience with God, the beginning of walking with God, knowing that there's no condemnation, guilt, or inferiority. If a person is bound in sin, a Christian, it's because they first need to reconcile that they actually like it. The day they hate that sin and turn toward God because he's forgiven all that sin, the grace of God will alleviate that. Well, think about Paul's uh, recommendation over there in Philippians, where he said in chapter 2, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, empowering you and in creating in you the desire and the, the ability to do of his goodwill, satisfaction, pleasure, and delight. That's the Amplified. Yes. But the importance is God not only gives you desire, but ability to conquer everything in life. That's the grace of God.
No, it's not a license to sin. No one would stand up and say, hey, you can just sin all you want to. Because when you go down that path, you're no longer serving God. You're serving sin. And you've lost your freedom. Freedom is found knowing that God has released you from all sin. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is beautiful. Thank you for elaborating on that. I thought that that with, I agree with you and with all of the religious teachings that are out there telling people opposite of that, of what you just said, uh, people need to hear that's a message of hope right now that I'm not so bad off that God doesn't even want me. Right. Um, Or that I have to be some superhuman um, holy saint type of thing before God would want me. You're saying that God wants you right now, right where you are, and not just where you are, but he has a purpose and plan for your life. And through the blood of Jesus, he can reach into your life and pull you out of where you are, forgive you, and put you on the purpose plan for your life. For your Absolutely. That and it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter. He's not looking oh. at that. He's looking at your future in him. That is just what people need to hear. Yeah. This has been so powerful. And then, as, as of course, see God. Develop that uh, time, tangibility, and experience with him so that what his reality is becomes your reality. And from what you're saying, that cha- that's the game changer right there. It changes yeah. everything. The moment, the moment relationship becomes the premier desire of your heart to actually spend time with him, mm-hmm. to actually open up your heart to him, say, what would that look like? Well, first and foremost, you, you approach everything by faith to the spiritual world. How does anything of that world actually um, transition into the tangibility of this world? Well, it does so by faith. Yeah. Like A.W. Tozier said, real faith is where you put yourself on purpose in a position where you can't go back. That's good. So what would that look like in a relationship? Father, as of this day, I'll never go back. I put myself in a position where I actually have to have you help me. Mm-hmm. I actually have to have your voice. I'm not going to lean upon the voice of man. I'll put myself in a position on purpose where um, I, I no longer can get the help of mankind. People ask me all the time, how come it takes God so long to get healed, uh, to get my healing? I say, well, it's because uh, he's waiting on you. And, and people really need to just get into that place of rest. And that place of rest is when God becomes real. So put yourself out there, everybody. Yes. Tell God, let God know. Today, I'm going to see your presence everywhere. Show me one little place. Show me one little thing. And if you, if you need to, use nature as your first connection. Yeah. Father, I'm, look, I'm looking right now at the beautiful tree, the leaves on the tree. They're starting to change color. Isn't that amazing that even as they, in a sense, they die and leave that tree, they're, they're still full of color and full, full of beauty. Yes. Lord, the way that you do what you do in nature means that you're working that much more in me. Make that connection and tell God, I love the way that that looks. Because if you tell him that, you know what he'll say? He'll say, do you want to see more? Yeah. Look at what he said to Nathaniel. Nathaniel, there's a man in whom is no guile, an Israelite. Nathaniel said, uh, uh, how do you know me? Jesus said, well, I saw you under the fig tree. And he said, my Lord and my God. And he acknowledged Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, that's right, Nathaniel. You never forget that. And he put his thumbs in his lapel and acted all proud and, and puffed up. No, that's not what he did. <laughs> what did he say? He leaned into Nathaniel and he said, Nathaniel, 
in essence, would you like to see more? And Nathaniel's like, yeah. And what did Jesus say? If you'll hang out with me, you'll see heaven open and angels will ascend and descend upon the Son of Man. See, every time you acknowledge God, the Holy Ghost will say, look at, look at guys, Father, look at Jesus. They're acknowledging us. And they'll all look at you and say, oh, this is awesome. We've got one that's acknowledging us. You know, for, for all the different thousands and thousands and thousands that don't ever acknowledge God except on Sunday at 10 o'clock for right. about a, an attention span of 10 minutes. Now we've got one that's acknowledging us. Let's show him more. And let's show him more. And the more you want to see, the more you'll see. And all of a sudden, the voice of God will become so real to you. The presence of God will become so real to you. And your faith will no longer be in the concept of a God. It will be in God. Oh, that's so powerful. You're talking about living in the supernatural. Living in the spirit. That's all it is. Yep. That's where you're living in the spirit, seeing the supernatural. And I think that, uh, you know, if we took uh, a count of people and said, would you like to see the supernatural? Would you like to live in the realm of the spirit? Or do you want to just live here in this? Is that's all you want? It's just this physical. Everybody would say that they want more. Who doesn't want to see angels descending? Right. Who doesn't want right. To, right? So um, who doesn't want to see the manifestation of heaven? You can, I've asked people that question that might be hard nosed against a, against Jesus because of whatever might've happened in their past. But then you start talking to him about heaven and, and things begin to change and not just heaven. When I, when I, when I perish, when my body passes away, I'm talking about heaven on earth. Who yes. That? I'll and go ahead and, and say a prayer, Pamela. I think it would be good right now. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah, no, I was going to ask you to do that. So please jump right in. Thank you so much. Father, I give you praise for the presence of God that lives and abides in us through Jesus Christ. Yes. And Lord, for everyone right now, as though we pushed a button or pulled a lever that's listening to this podcast, I release God's presence to flow into your eardrums and to your eyes to heal them. There's someone that's real concerned about your hair falling out to be healed in Jesus name and that hair to come right back in. I command all kinds of skin rashes to disappear in the name of Jesus Christ. There's someone's pancreas that's being, if you will, the hand of God, just beginning to massage it and bring it back to life. And oh yes, the insulin will begin to start. I thank God the diabetes is cursed. It'll leave your body. Lord, I give you praise that this wonderful presence is now going into someone's heart and there's a valve that's not been working and there's also a leaky valve and those things are being patched up. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're causing that heart to be healed and be so perfectly well. Oh, someone's got neuropathy down in the feet. And I thank you, Lord, that even the nerve endings are being restored and feeling is coming back into your body right now as I speak. Lord, I give you praise, Lord, that there's also some other areas of the feet and toenails. That sounds kind of funny, but Lord God, there's someone that struggled in that area. Well, that, that, that sickness or that that bacteria is leaving your body in Jesus' precious name. And there's someone here, a woman, especially in the area of your, your uterus, you're being healed in the name of Jesus. There's someone else that's had infection in their bladder that's being healed in the wonderful name. Father, I give you praise right now that intestines are being healed. One, not just one, multitudes of people as I speak, intestines are being healed in Jesus' name. I just release that power to flow into your life and into your body and into your mind. Even as you're traveling in a car, the presence of God will fill that car. Jesus will seem like he's walking with you. There'll be people People, multitudes that'll say, it felt like a coat came on me. I was wearing an overcoat. 
In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we give you praise for touching your people and helping them to see that you're real. Amen and amen. Amen. Wow. Um, <laughs> a little emotional at the moment. When God touches my heart, it comes out my eyes, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Oh, that was powerful. You know, you just gave a demonstration of what happens when the relationship is real. Amen. What it means to live in the spirit and walk in the spirit. God spoke to you to pray and is giving you all of this, showing you all this, speaking to you about people. And in his goodness, he's reaching out across the airwaves into the homes, the cars of people because he loves them. All because you, not to puff up a person, but because you were willing to say, God, I, what's wrong here with what am I doing wrong? I'm willing to change. I want that relationship and willing to live that out. And he, here is a manifestation of it. So to my listeners here, God didn't just bring this man on here to give you a good teaching. There was a great teaching, but there was what we call in children's ministry, an object lesson. He has ended this with an object lesson and shown you what you can do as you pursue a relationship with him. Just yes. like the bumper sticker I talked about, see God. It starts just as simple as that, but also that God loves you so much that you, that person who was named today, that you tuned in today and God had a divine appointment of Amen. eternity with you today to hear and so as these testimonies are coming forth, please reach out and let us know. Reach out, and Jim's going to tell us how you can reach out to him, and we'll have all that in the description. But testify, because remember, he talked about that, making sure we talk about the amazing things that God is doing. It encourages us in our, in our life, and our walk, and our faith, and somebody else who needs to hear it. Jim, is there anything else on your heart uh, that you would like to share? And then, and then at the end of that, if you would tell people how to reach out to you, uh, if website or what would be the best way to get in touch with you? Because I know okay. people want to do that. They want more of what you have. Yeah, well, I think what I'll do, Pamela, is, um, you know, I, it's, it's kind of like you turn on a faucet and there's a lot that comes out and you, yes. can, you, can, you can keep it on, but sometimes you don't want to fill up the sink too high that it overflows. So right. I think actually what we've shared today is meaty enough and Absolutely. hopefully simple enough for people to just grab a hold of. And, and by the way, when I say simple enough, that's me. So just uh, that's, not a, that's not a knock on anybody that you have mm -hmm. to be simple-minded. No, the more simple-minded you are, seriously, the better this works. Yes. Um, but no, I think what we've shared is really good. Um, you know, you're, you're getting the essence of, of the true message of the scripture where Jesus yep. came to actually reveal the Father so we could actually go into the presence of God and come to the throne of grace. You know, coming to the throne of grace because we're already seated on the throne. Yes. Positionally in Christ is just the, the action of us staying connected with God. And the greater the connection, it's just like anything else, you don't usually look at your lights and stare at them when they're they're performing their task which is the connection's good and the light is on and it gives you the ability to enjoy your home or to not trip or to find what you need to find 
the only time when you actually spend time looking at the light is when it's flickering. The only time when you consider how many times are you blinking your eyes is when there's a speck in your eye and it's bothering you. Mm -hmm. So the more connected you are, the less you're thinking about the earth, the less you're thinking about the world. For instance, Adam and Eve didn't think about their bodies until they sinned, mm -hmm. which means what? A connection with God is something where your body's perfect and your surroundings are perfect and blessings are there. And you don't actually look at the things or the crisis of life because you're actually um, too enthralled with the blessing of your father. Yes. So that is the truth that we've endeavored to get across today. Um, you can reach our ministry, jimhockaday.com. It's very simple. And that's spelled, last name is H-O-C-K-A-D-A-Y, jimhockaday.com. And there's a website there. And it does have uh, 266 archives of a radio show with a cowboy friend of mine that found God and just went to heaven every day. And uh, we had some tremendous experiences. And, um, and then there's some information there about what's called prayerschoollive.com, which is something new that we've started back in the day. Uh, one of the gals that was with me, Leanne Sosby, and she's just, she's gone well beyond me in prayer. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just uh, tagging along with her, but we're doing prayer school live again, seven o'clock central standard time on Monday nights. And it, we already have Pamela about uh, 3000 that are listening within 24 hours. And wow. um, it's just become really good where we'll give some instruction. And then we get over in the spirit and pray. And I'm telling you, it can be wild prayer. But, but it's time to pray for our nation. It's time that's to right. pray for, for a revival that's, that's, that's coming up, uh, right on the heels of, in fact, last night we were in prayer. And I prayed out that as God's uh, helping to, to still the fires that are burning in the West Coast, as they stop, there'll be a fire of the spirit that will hit this nation. And there'll be uprisings of revival all over the country. And we're beginning to see little pieces of it right now where people are tired of all this shenanigans that are going on with this supposed you know, a pandemic. And we're being locked up and people are starting to worship God together and give God praise. And I thank God uh, that things are turning around, you know. So, but anyhow, there's a prayer school live that's there and there's all kinds of product that we have and books that we have. One of the ones I'd recommend is the new book that we have out called Identity Crisis. It just goes right back into the heart of who you really are as a God man and made in the image and likeness of God. So um, that's about it, Pamela. Hopefully we haven't uh, lulled anyone to sleep. Hope everybody <laughs> is excited and we'll begin to immediately um, become aware. Yes, that is so good. Thank you, Jim, for being here with us today. You're I welcome. know it has been a download for me. I am looking forward to my afternoon walk and being more God conscious as yes, I walk today. That's right. And I know all of you are too. Thank you, Purpose by Design listeners. I know that you have been blessed today. Make sure you reach out to this man and his ministry especially as you are beginning to see God in a whole different way and in your life. There's lots of great tools here for you. Thank you everyone for being part of the broadcast together today with me, with our wonderful guest. And remember, be the salt and the light everywhere you go. Blessings and thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.